Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor, Daryl Feemster. Father, we honor you and we bless you. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives this morning. We come and we just sit. But knowing with everything else that's going on in our lives right now, we just need you. We just need you. We need your touch. We need your, we need your presence. We need, we need the awareness. We need an encounter. So, Lord, we're asking for an encounter with you this morning. Touch our hearts and touch our lives. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. Give the Lord a clap offering, would you? Wow. You do know that was my daughter, right? Every once in a while, she takes after her mother. Wow. Thank you all, praise team. Man, it takes a team, doesn't it? takes a team. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. We'll get there in about 10 minutes. Does anyone know what DTR means? DTR. A bunch answered me in the first service. Y'all must be dumber than the first service. Hmm. DTR, come on. Do the right thing. No, don't, don't try running. Uh, don't tangle with redheads, Allison. Yeah. DTR means define the relationship. You're not that old, right? Have you ever had one of those experiences where you would have to define the relationship? We're looking at following Jesus. We're in a series. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's a difference in believing and following. You can believe all about Jesus. You can believe that He lived, died, rose again, ascended to the Father. You can believe all those things and not follow Him. You can give mental assent to the facts, but not be a follower. Twenty times in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus invited people to follow Him. And He said, follow me. The word follow in the Greek is akolotheo. Akolotheo. And it means to uh, accompany or to walk with or after or to be in the same way with. And, and that last definition, to be in the same way with, is kind of my emphasis this morning. Uh, it was over 48 years ago, but I remember, I can still see where I was sitting. I, I remember the first time I told Connie that I loved her. Raise your hand, Connie, because they're going to see what good deal I got. I was sitting on the floor in front of her in her living room, leaning back against her knees, and I tilted my head back and I said, I love you. I'm preaching this this morning. <laughs> For you watching at home, she said haltingly, I said it, I love you. And I think... <laughs> She doesn't mess with me. I realized what I'd said. Not that I didn't mean it, but it surprised me too. And probably her. And then I, and I remember that I had said it, but I don't remember if she said anything back. I was just in shock that I'd said it. Well, now, after thinking about it, I was a little proud of myself that I'd committed to this relationship 
because we had been dating for some time and and uh, we were getting more involved, a bit more serious, and uh, or at least I was. We were dating on weekends. That's the only time I got to go to town. It's on weekends. Things progressed, so I went all out one year, and I bought her a promise ring. We wasn't just going steady anymore. You remember the promise ring? She said, my dad looked at it and said, where is the diamond? (laughs) And so we were going along. One day, Connie came in and said to me, my dad wants to talk to you. That's the way I felt. I was serious about our relationship, but I didn't know that it was that serious. And in my own way, and in his own way, Connie's dad, he was looking for the DTR. He's looking for me to define the relationship I was having with his daughter. I'll never forget that conversation, literally. Now, I like Connie's dad, and I thought he liked me. But I really hadn't given the relationship that much thought. I knew I loved Connie and I wanted to be with her and I felt like we had something special. But Connie's dad wanted the DTR. So in no uncertain terms, when I met with him, Herbert told me how important his daughter was to him. And how he had protected her thus far in her life. And, and, and he was going to let me continue on. But if I ever hurt her, he would hurt me. And he wasn't smiling. When he said that, suddenly the relationship became more clearly defined to me. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have the DTR talk with Jesus? Just where are we? Are you really committed to this? Or is this just a casual thing? Are you really dedicated to this relationship or is it just a weekend date? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus? Define the relationship, DTR. I think that's what follow me means. I think Jesus is saying to us, let's define the relationship. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I want you to note the word know here. When we use the word know, we usually are talking about acquaintance. Well, I know so-and-so, and and, and, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Or who they, I know who they are, I know where they're from, I know what they're like. The actual word in Greek is gnosko, and, and I know you think, preacher, why do you always do the Greek thing? Do you realize that, that the Greek language is much more precise in meaning. There's four Greek words for know. You know, we think there's just one, know it. But there's four Greek words. There's iado, which means to behold or see something or, or, or get to under know something by our five senses. There's episteme, which means to know by reasoning it out, figuring it out. There is sunimi, which means to put it together. You put things together and you come to understand how something works. You know it. And then there's the word gnosko. And gnosko, the word that's used here, means to know by experience, by association, to know fully and completely. It literally could be translated intimacy. 
That's a much deeper knowledge. It means to understand completely, to know completely, and to be completely known. The Bible uses this kind of word when it speaks of Adam knew Eve. That mutual, the the Hebrew word yada that's translated gnosko in the Septuagint, the yada means the mingling of souls. In other words, I know you so well that it's no longer the two of us that we are one. And Jesus is inviting us when He says, follow me. He literally said in John 10, I know you. I know you. He's not speaking of just just knowledge of your character. He's describing the most intimate of connections. Psalms 139 Verse 1 through 4 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You know me. The Lord is inviting us into a relationship to know Him Because He knows us. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Or does it? I started off talking about Connie, first time, our DTR. Uh, Well, Connie and I continued to date. We got married, went to college. We were both working and going to school. But at night, some of the guys in college would invite me to play basketball. Now, part of my history that some of you may not know, most of you probably do, that uh, sports, and in fact, basketball was my, the god of my life when I was growing up. In other words, everything was about basketball, and I literally had to give up basketball to follow the call of God on my life. And I was now following the call of God on my life. I was uh, in Bible school, I was newly married, and I was playing basketball. And I would tell Connie... Hey, some guys are going to have a game tonight. I'm going to go play with the guys. Now, she had gone to school and worked a part-time job, come home, fix dinner, and I was running off to play ball. When I'd get back home, things would be a little cool in the relationship. I just didn't understand until one day, in a heated discussion, Connie said, I believe you love a basketball more than me. Now, isn't that stupid? Who would think that I would love a basketball more than my wife? But that became another DTR for me. I could tell her I loved her more than anything. But I was spending my time, my energy, my pleasure on a pickup games with a bunch of sweaty guys instead of giving myself to my wife. I know, I'm a jerk. But where, where are you spending your time, your energy, your life? Where are you getting your pleasure? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now turn to Revelation chapter 3, to the church of Laodicea, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I always say that. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's a good picture, isn't it? Because you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, 
when we've when I've preached this before, I've always focused on the lukewarm, the cold or hot, the hot or the cold. But all of a sudden, I saw why they were lukewarm. Look at this. Because you say, I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And you don't even realize, Jesus is saying, you are wretched, miserable, poor, Blind and exposed. Now these are church people, folks. These are church people he's talking to. They haven't abandoned their beliefs. He said, I see your works. They're not, the, the, the deal is they're not being uh, reprobates. They are just headed, not headed toward him. And here's what I think Jesus is saying to him. You think because everything is going good for you that things are cool between me and you. That you are where you need to be with me. But you don't realize that you are wretched and you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're exposed. Things aren't as well as you think they are. Then he goes on to say some other words that relate to some um, metaphors or, or pictures, that they, figures of speech that they would recognize. But I want you to look at verse 20. It's very familiar to us. We know it. We've heard it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Another translation says it this way. Here I am. Jesus, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you and you eat with me. Basically, Jesus is saying to the church, I'm still here. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. I know you're busy, and I know you've got all the things going on in your life, but here I am. Look at me. I stand at the door, the portal, the entrance of the house, the entrance of your heart, the entrance of your life. I I stand at the portal, but the deal is, he's outside. And I knock. You do realize who Jesus is, and he could huff, puff, and blow your house away. But he doesn't. Why doesn't he? How many of you know we deserve it? But he doesn't. You need to understand this about the character of Christ. Throughout Scripture, the thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions is our Father, our Savior, who invites us into a relationship, wants you to know there's one thing he will not do. He will not make you love him. He won't do it. He can make you obey Him. He can make you fear Him. But He will not make you love Him. He's looking, searching for the thing He paid the highest price for. For you to be able to relate to Him in an intimate relationship personally that was lost in the garden. And He wants you to choose it. He won't make you live in intimacy with Him. He stands ready outside at the entry point, knocking, seeking to get your attention, to know by experience His presence. He wants to be invited in. Your permission to Jesus is sacred to Him.
He wants you to choose to open your life to Him, to accompany, walk with, and be in the same way with Him. He wants to be in the same way with you. He's not looking to enter into a place where we talk about Him and sit in rows. Even believe in Him. He wants an experiential relationship of intimacy and fellowship with us individually, personally, and corporately. What's happened? Some of us remember what it was like when you first got saved that we sang about. Everything was so fresh and alive. Jesus was so real. I mean, he was, the whole world was filled with the Spirit. Because He was here. You could talk with Him. Your prayers were fresh and alive. The Bible, you're seeing things you'd never seen before. You just, you kind of walked around and said, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. What happened? The world seemed to be the realm of His presence and now you got busy. And the world is crying out for your attention. Disappointment. You see... I could justify playing basketball because I'd given my heart to Jesus. You hear the ignorance of that? I could justify what I was doing now that gave me pleasure because I had followed the God at another time. Connie didn't want to take basketball away from me. She just wanted to know that I valued her in the middle of playing basketball. God's not trying to take anything away from us. Get that out of your head. The devil's been lying to you. He's not trying to take anything away from you. He's trying to give you all of himself into what gives you life. Understand, he's wanting intimacy. Connie didn't want to take something away from me. She just wanted to let joy join me in life and living this together. But she also wanted me to enjoy her with what gave her pleasure. But suddenly I could justify all the things that I said I'd given up. Because now I was following God from a distance. You understand what I'm saying? God was still there. You see, I had him at arm's length. I was doing his will, but I was doing mine in the middle of trying to do his. Okay? That's me. I don't know about you, but that's me. Here's what I've realized. We move away. We know he's still there, but he's just not essential as he once was. We replace the intimacy of a personal relationship with Jesus with the activity of religion. I was still going to church. I was reading the Bible. I was praying. I had my quiet time. I was doing all those things. I had all those Bible classes teaching me the Scripture. Connie and I were studying. We were doing. We were wearing ourselves out trying to discover how to live together and all those kind of things. And what I'm trying to tell you is we were so busy with everything, God was on the back burner while we were at Bible school. We move away. Oh, we throw God a bone every now and then so I can keep Him happy. But the truth is, I don't want Him to mess with me or my mess. 
And let's be honest, it's not the way we want it. I want it to be like it was. But we don't know how. Or we're not willing to do what it takes to get back. So how do you restore intimacy with a God who loves you without condition? Three things. Intimacy with God takes no less than what it takes to have intimacy with any person. Number one, time. Private, personal time. Time. I'm not talking about religious time. I'm not talking about getting up 4.30 in the morning and having your quiet time. That may be good for you. I'm not talking about that. That's religious activity if it's not intimate. Now, you can get up at 3.30 and 4 and spend an intimate three hours with God, and that's intimacy. I'm just not talking about religious practice. I'm not talking about read your word so that you've done your duty. I'm talking about reading the word to get to know the Jesus you're in love with. So I'm not, when I say these things, you're going to think, well, well, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Here's the thing I'm asking. When's the last time Jesus showed up while you were doing it? Or did you just get it done and went on? Okay. Time. Unrushed, unstructured time. Not religious time of keeping formulas and rituals, but focused, faith-filled time. Jesus, I'm expecting you to meet me this morning as I drive to work. I'm expecting you to be there as I'm visiting in my business, as I'm in the school. I'm expecting you to be, because we're in a way together. You're with me. I want you to know I'm with you. Time. Number two, transparency. This could all be also could say openness or honesty. In other words, you can tell God anything. You know, we need to probably have some R-rated prayers. I'm serious. You're thinking it already. Sometimes you just need to tell God, this is what I feel. It's what I, he, he already knows it. You're not going to tell God where God says, oh, really? I didn't know. I wish you hadn't have told me. It's time to get honest with God with everything that's in you. Because he already knows it. And when you get honest with God, here's the thing I realize, you will know it too. You see, we have this religious identity that we think God doesn't know what we're really like. Because I'm going to church, I'm doing this, I'm even tithing. I'm giving. Aren't you pleased, God? And Jesus said, you think you've got it all together and you don't know you're naked right now. Transparency. Number three, submission. Don't tune me out, please. Because I want you to know something. Every happy marriage knows this. Mutual submission is the power, is the power 
It's a powerful dynamic to relationships. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be subject to one to another. Then it says the other things. Mutual submission. And what Jesus is inviting us into is a life of submission. And I want you to understand, why would Jesus ask us to pray for something if He wasn't intending to, to do it? We think, God, we've got to talk God into something. i got an idea. i got an idea that it was His idea before you even had an idea to think about, to pray about. Submission. Mutual submission, it says this. I'm going to harness all of my abilities and all of my talents and all of my interests and all of my love for your best interest. What I learned in defining the relationship with God, when I made my relationship with Connie about Connie, about her becoming everything God intended her to be, for her to become that one that God had purposed and planned for her, for me to be, that is my submission. I want to do everything I can for her to become everything God intended. You put two people together that are both committed to the other's best, you have intimacy. The reason we don't like submission Submission to God. And we want to hold Him at arm's length is because we don't know Him. We don't trust Him. Because we don't know this one simple truth. God has already made the first move. God sent Jesus to show us what the Father's like. And when Jesus died on the cross for sin... Before you were born, before you said your first prayer, he, or made your first bad decision, did your first religious deed, before you did anything, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. To deliver you, to make a way for you to know and relate to the Father. God, in essence, said to you, I want an intimate relationship with you so much that I'm going to go first. I'll give myself. I'll pay the price for your sin. I'll submit myself to the death you deserve because I have your best interest in mind. I'm putting your life ahead of my own. Ahead of my own glory. I'm going first to show you that I'm here for you. For your best version of what I've created you to be. Let's walk together. Follow me. Follow me. I want you to close your eyes. Just for a moment. I know you've got a lot of things to do. I know you're wondering about what you're going to eat for lunch and wonder how long this preacher's going to preach. But would you just for a moment, however you focus your attention on Jesus, would you just focus your attention on Jesus right now? I am I stand at the door and knock you hear my voice and open the door I'll come in and I'll eat with you like we did before you can eat with me 
I'm inviting you to submit to my love, to my presence. And when you do, you get all of me. With intimacy, with transforming power, with all that I can be for you in the middle of who you are. I have good plans. Good plans. What are you afraid of? I know you. And I want you to know me experientially. To associate with me and to accompany me in all I'm doing right here and right now. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. God's not going to force Himself on you. Okay, I want you to look back up here at me. I don't know what you saw or what you felt or what you did, but I, I, wanna, I want you to know there's a, there's a reality of this, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is here right now. He's knocking. And here's what He's saying. Here am I. Your move. Your move. I will not force you. But I'm here. Stand together with me. And I'm so when I've just gone through the motions. I'm so when I just sing another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Yes, I'm sorry. When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. And I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. And I never want We just want you, Lord, an intimate relationship with you. Father, my response this morning, Lord, to to your prompting is that it'll be more than words. It's so easy to say, like Pastor Darrell said, we, we care about our spouse more than basketball or whatever other thing that we would have, Father. But what shows the truth is our time. Lord, and we, we say we care about you, but what does our life look like? What does my life look like, Father? And we repent. 
for letting other things come in between our intimacy with you, Father. And I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, that everything that has been built up, every wall that has been put in place between us and you and our intimacy with you would be torn down. And that we would open that door, that we would open that gate and let you in again. Father, we welcome you this morning in our own life, in this city, in our nation, and in this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, before you go this morning, I just want to share a couple of things with you, and you, you might call them announcements, but um, just listening to, as Pastor Daryl shared, what I really felt, everything that I have to share this morning is really about relationship. Uh, there's many of you that, that I know personally, but there's, there's many of you that, uh, I've never, I've never met. But our heart here at NCC is to have a relationship with each and every one of you and to connect with you and to walk with our brothers and sisters in Christ together. And so everything that I'm about to share with you gives you uh, ways that you can do that. Uh, first of all, I just want to share that if you um, ever have a prayer request that you want to share, you can put them in any of the boxes in the back and in the front. There's prayer request forms in the foyer uh, as you walk in. Um, you could write on a piece of paper you got, whatever. If you put them in one of those, uh, you'll get it. If you're watching online or if you would like to participate this way, on our website, there's a connect form that you can fill out and put prayer requests there. And we will pray with with you and for you uh, in those things. We also share communion every week, and the elements are here on either side of the stage. And in the back, those elements are available every Sunday. And on the third Sunday of every month, we celebrate congregational communion together. Um, and then as uh, Pastor Gerald mentioned, tithes and offerings. Our heart here for, for giving to the Lord through our tithes and offerings uh, is said very clearly in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He said, each one must give as he has decided as in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We don't pass plates. We don't want to compel anyone to give. We want it to come from your heart uh, that, that you want to serve the Lord in that way. And again, you can do that in those boxes or, or on, our, on our website online. And then last but not least, uh, we have uh, what we call life groups, but they're just small groups and they're going to be kicking off this week. Um, uh, Wednesday night, I think there's some on Sundays, Thursdays, uh, different days of the week. All the information of those is on the website. There's also handouts in the foyer about all of our groups and then our NCC kids ministry is kicking off this Wednesday as well. So if you have a, a youth or child from first grade through fifth grade, um, in NCC kids, if you're attending a life group or a connect group on Wednesday night, we also have early childhood care available, um, for birth through uh, kindergarten, but that's only if you're actually attending a group, the other ministry is open to all the children in the, in the community. Also, we have NCC youth tonight, um, um, Amanda Allen and all of uh, her volunteers that love your kids, middle school through high school, they meet at 4.30 or doors open at 4.30 uh, and they start at 5. Again, it's all about connecting with your children and your uh, kids to minister the love of Jesus Christ to this community. So uh, if you know of any kids in those age ranges, uh, tell, tell them and their parents about the ministries that we have for them. I also wanted to let you know that we were collecting money for the local pregnancy uh, pro-life ministry center here in Lampasas, the New Beginnings of Restoration of Hope. And uh, we did a baby ball drive a, a month ago, and we raised just under $3,400 through that baby ball drive. So I just wanted to thank you uh, for your generosity in that. 
Um, also, uh, for anybody that has any kids that they're going to be picking up, men, uh, we've got uh, 10 large boxes in NCC West that need to be carried upstairs. So if you're going to already be in there picking up your kids, we'd love for to borrow your backs for a little bit and just carry those boxes upstairs. We'll head over, over there after service. But uh, anybody that is willing and has a, a strong back, we would love for you to help with that. Um, well, before we close, I, we want to introduce a new group that's going to be meeting. Uh, Jess McCabe uh, is going to share about that. And I'll just give you the technical side of it real quick. It's going to be in our conference room over here um, in this corner of the building uh, at 9 a.m. starting next Sunday. And he'll share the heart of that group with you. Thanks, sir. Uh, it's been said that the flood is coming. It has to rain before it floods. And... I'll let you know that it's been raining for quite a while. Some of us have been standing in the rain with an umbrella. I want to encourage you in this group, this is for you. If you've been hesitant, if you've been reserved, I want to encourage you to step out into the rain. We're going to take this opportunity to to study some practical application of Scripture. That's all it is. If you've got questions, it's a good place to, to voice them. We can answer them. If I can't answer them, because I don't know everything, we have some people that do know everything. Don't laugh so hard. It's not that funny. So I just want to encourage you, uh, men especially, uh, 9 o'clock conference room, Sunday mornings, be there or be square. Thank you very much. Let me close. Let's pray and we will be dismissed. Dearly Father, we just thank you. Father, and as we open up this service this morning, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. There is nowhere else I would rather be, Lord, in the midst of everything. Uh, we are encouraged. We are given hope. Uh, we have a constant hope in your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And we just thank you that you are victorious, Lord, and that this whole world is absolutely in your hands, Lord. And we walk out in this week in peace, in hope, and in confidence because we are in your hands. Lord, bless everyone here, Father. And I pray that as we encounter people in our community, in our jobs, in our homes, that they will be touched by the Jesus Christ that we've let into our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's message.